woman is proposing to her, if you will, that the two become one, that he himself, the living water, wants to enter into her and become welling up within her, which will give life, which we heard in the end of that when she goes and tells all the people of the town what had happened. This is not just simply an exchange between Jesus and some woman. There's something much more profound at work here. It really is a very concise story of the whole situation of the chosen people of God. It's kind of our story as well. It's the same thing that we go through generation after generation, age upon age. Moses, our first reading, is right there, right on the edge of entering into the Holy Land, the promised land, the promise that God told him, bring the people through the desert so they can get rid of Egypt. Not just being removed from Egypt physically, but getting Egypt out of them. You know, there's something happens when you and I become entrenched in a culture. If we're not careful, that culture all of a sudden can entrench us. Rather than us just simply moving through it, we all of a sudden start to, like barnacles on a ship, attach ourselves to certain things of the culture. Again, every generation has to go through this experience, which is why we have Lent every year. It's a moment for us to go through the desert to get out of us whatever culturally speaking is keeping us from God or preventing us from seeing our true identity as sons and daughters of God. So recall where we are in this reading of the gospel and the first reading with Moses on the edge, entering into the promised land. Go back now in our mind to Advent. Recall what we reflected on. What happened once the people got into the promised land? They separated themselves from God. We've arrived. We no longer need God. We got what we wanted. He led us out of slavery, brought us through the desert, gave us a plot, property. Now we're here. We can establish our own system. We don't need God. Isn't this what happens once nations and countries, towns, villages, households, families become so secure in their own stuff? And it's usually the stuff of this life. All of a sudden, no longer dependent on God for the necessities, we step back and start to refashion God. The Samaritans. So once they had entered into this land, the whole northern part, which we now call the West Bank, they are the ones that were occupied, recall, and thrown to the winds by Assyria to begin with. And each nation took its toll uh, on the people of God. There are Jewish people, but now they're being thrown to the winds, removed from the Holy Land, removed from their father's house. Now they're thrown out. And as they're thrown out, they've thrown out the faith. They're still Jewish by birth, but they've all of a sudden married into the new culture. And so five times the Jewish people in the northern part, of course, it's under great duress. They're being occupied. They're being taken over. 
village, plunder, all the stuff that goes on with war. But the fact of the matter is they lost their identity through it all. Instead of clinging to their identity, they wanted to fit in. They wanted to be like everyone else. And in doing so, they separated themselves from God's holy people, setting up their own temple now, not in Jerusalem, but in their territory, which is made reference in this gospel so beautifully. The woman in interchange between, you people say this, but we say this. Doesn't this go on right now with religion? Who's the right religion? Who's the true religion? Jesus seems to have an, a very clear input that there is a right religion. And it happens to be the Jews at this point. And now he, of course, becomes the new living water that you and I, by virtue of our baptism, are now incorporated into. But again, once we become settled and become comfortable, what happens? We start to refashion that religion into our own liking. We set up our own temple worship with our own God, whatever it would be. Lent is so important for us as Christians to recall who we are. We are his children. He has brought you and I out of slavery, not so that we could be away from him, not so that we could say, thank you, sugar daddy, we're done with you now, but rather so that we could enter into the nuptial union. No longer are we constrained by foreigners, by foreign gods, by the culture that keeps us from the Lord. Rather now, you and I are free to open ourselves, like this woman, all of a sudden becoming unshackled and unburdened. She who sought love five times over in different ways was not satisfying. The Lord here, through baptism, through her confession, now wants to unite with her as one. This was the problem between the Jews and the Samaritans. It wasn't so much that the Jewish people were judging the Samaritans harshly as, as much as it was, you've left our family. We all know what that feels like when people have left the family. It hurts. And with that hurt comes division and withdrawal and separation. And then we no longer drink from the same cup. This is all very common very familiar to us. Jesus makes it very clear he himself wants to unite with this woman so that she can experience the fullness of life not found in this world. Looking into this world, clinging to the things of this world, running from man to man, from woman to woman, running from thing to thing, object to object, desire to desire, all superficial. At the end of the day, what's left? What's left is you and I looking at God face to face and admitting what we have done. We've tried to find love in multiple places, and we failed. The people of Israel, in their pilgrimage, have done this over and over again. The woman, over and over again. And I think if we're honest, ourselves, over and over again. Looking for God in the things of this world will not suffice. We have to turn to the Lord Jesus himself. As we go through our week, this week, the third week of Lent, we're reminded that at this altar, in this wedding chamber, 
the bridegroom gives to the bride his very flesh. John is not making this all up. This is the experience of the early church. This is the revelation that God has offered. We don't have to follow it. We can be like the Samaritans. We can go off and create our own mountain where we will worship. Or we can return to Jerusalem, to the temple of God, to offer our true worship in spirit now and in truth. Because we've been incorporated by virtue of baptism, because we've repented of our sinfulness, our separatedness from God, now we can become one with him if we open ourselves. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to uncover in our mind the areas in our heart that are still clinging to false gods. Let's pray that the Lord will do with us what he did with this Samaritan woman, pull out our sinfulness so that we can be healed.